Hot 1027 Business with Nzinga. Like the World Economic Forum's theme for the annual meetings 2024 is rebuilding trust. And one of the issues that keeps on coming up is the use of technology, either in health, uh, in advancing education, uh, and the role that fake news is playing. So let's speak about the broader issues of Professor Vokosi Marivate. He's an associate professor of computer science at the University of Pretoria. Prof, so good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being with us on Hot Business this evening. Let's just start with your experience. It's your first time in Davos. How's it going so far? Uh, it's very cold. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, great seeing snow again. Uh, but after like 30 seconds, you're like, oh, why do people live in places like this? Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of energy, a lot of people. And it's been very interesting meeting everybody, even South Africans actually who are here. Always nice to see and hear a familiar voice. Talk to me about the work that you're doing that brought you here and what you're going to be doing in the next few days at the meetings. Uh, sure. Uh, so one, I came here as a young global leader. So I am part of the World Economic Forum, Forum of the YGLs. And uh, in my work, I work on artificial intelligence, especially with African languages. So building up models for that. And I also am a co-partner of a AI research startup called Lilaba AI. So those are the two kind of uh, things that bring me here. One, to learn others to be an advocate for African AI and then to network and build up those relationships that really allow us to make, to like, you know, get to impactful work. When we talk about artificial intelligence, it's so broad. I think people's, you know, closest understanding of it is chat GPT and a regenerative IT or generative AI uh, where you can make nice pictures and people are flooding our Instagram to these weird hotel pictures. But what is artificial intelligence? What's the importance of it, especially in an African context? Yeah. So the, the, like, you know, the basic premise for most of the things that people see are these machines that learn patterns from data. So one could be going back to the images, you've got this huge starter set that is full of pictures and in the pictures, somebody has gone on and drawn boxes around trees, around cats, and then said, that's a cat, those types of things. You then put this into the machine, uh, giving it all these examples, and then the machine learns to identify those objects. So, so, so you can't have really like, you know, that case machine learning or these models without the data. And it's not just the picture, it's the picture with these annotations or labels that have been put on there. So to do the same thing in things like language, you need to have lots of data, like, you know, text or, or, or audio that then is used to feed these machines. And then they learn uh, through that process to, to exploit these patterns that they find. And so how difficult is that when it comes to African languages? Very, very difficult. Uh, one of the things in the area of what we call low resource languages. So it doesn't mean that the language doesn't have a lot of speakers. It might have millions of speakers, tens of millions of speakers. It's just that what is the digital resources that are available for you to be able to build these AI tools? So an example for the listeners I'll ask is how many in South Africa, given that we have now 12 official languages, how many of us actually have a dictionary on our phone or on our computer in a local language. That already shows you a lack of these um, these digital tools. So you need to identify the data, and then from this data, then you use it to build these models. So at the university, we just really tested so animal after three years of work to gather data, clean it up, make sure that it's in the correct kind of formats, and and then build up a a, a model 
that then can be used by other people, whether to do metadata, metadata extraction, classifying news, for example, extracting entities, so of names of people, objects, those types of things, but it's working actually for Setswana content, right? So it shows you that, you know, for English, I'd probably be able to do it within a couple of hours, but for Setswana, it took us a while, but now we hope that that becomes a resource for other people. So you've got one language done. We know English is sorted, and you've got 10 more to go. Yeah, in some ways, there are other things we've been building. There's work, uh, for example, by Sarila, which is actually a, uh, a sponsored government center. They do work like this. There's our colleagues at other universities. There's colleagues who are at companies, startups, who are trying to work within these spaces. And it's also Pan-African. There's a lot of work across the continent of people really trying to build these models because on another side, it's also part of the way that we're going to preserve language. What's the importance of African languages being preserved and distributed and used in this manner when it comes to economic growth, when it comes to the success of a country and its people? Uh, one way I think people can think about it is language as something like digital infrastructure, right? So uh, we tend to see with the African continent that people, yes, you might try to speak in English or French, but it's almost like you're translating two levels to get an idea across. So there's things that are lost that are not just simply the communication part. There's there's culture, right? There's ideas. There's people being really uh, able to express themselves in, within fullness, right? So if you think about in, in financial inclusion, in health, in education, not developing these languages correctly or having tools for them means that we lose all of that and people really are working against, like, you know, these translation levels. Another one, and maybe connected to the theme of, of, of this year's uh, uh, annual meeting is this thing of trust. We have so many elections that are about to happen across uh, the African continent and the world this year. And we also know because of AI, there's going to be a huge challenge with misinformation. And this is going to affect elections. And now not being able to have these systems that are supposed to automatically identify content that might be unsafe because somebody's writing it in, in Swahili or it's writing in Yoruba or is letting it is in the belly is going to be a massive challenge, right? So this is something that I think a lot of people do not really have a full appreciation of of how in this precarious time where you don't have you you have you don't have systems that can actually do the moderation or removing bad content because uh, because these major systems don't really cover our language as well, if at all. And I think that's an important point because the criticism that sometimes I see when people are talking about the importance of mother tongue in South Africa is, you know, we're moving towards a global world. Your kids should learn how to speak Mandarin, French, you know, it's the, if they want to go far in life. But you've given us an example of why it's important to preserve local languages also while having a global outlook because also we at a, a forum where there's people from all over the world and the importance of of multilateralism or the importance of a global outlook is being highlighted. Yeah, you, uh, simply with language, you don't, you wouldn't just lose the symbols. I think people think you can just replace words with words. They, we, we all know that saying that, like, you know, there's things that you can't translate because they say something about a specific geography, a specific culture, a feeling, you know. Uh, there's things that somebody can say here in the middle of the snow and they understand it, but as soon as you say it to an African, they wouldn't get the context of what, what, what does this mean? And in the same way, you could be describing something being in Limpopo or being in the Eastern Cape that only really the people who come from there, who, who know the geographic area, know the cultures would actually understand um, in one way or another. And two, 
there's also all this indigenous knowledge that people have that through correctly capturing the languages, you then have better sharing that people have. We don't tend to ask these same questions in terms of we all should move to one language of Europeans, for example. It is just taken that they will go, they can stand in front of the UN or the EU parliament and then speak in whatever language that they want. But if you think about it, and I think this is very powerful about people, um, like even leaders on the African continent is then they have to use this other language. Uh, to your point, I saw the Premier of uh, the People's Republic of China getting onto stage in front of heads of state from everywhere, people, business people, and speaking his own language. We all had to put in our earphones. If you don't understand, you don't understand. But as we wrap up, what are you hoping to achieve in the next few days? Uh, and what's the importance of this meeting? I'm asking that because the criticism of conferences, any conference, either they're talk shops, with uh, more that it's a very elite space, what are you hoping to do? Yeah, I like uh, for me, it's uh, building up the network and, and seeing and getting to know how people on one side, yes, experience us as a country and a continent, but then also being that ambassador uh, of the things that are going on. For me, a lot of it is on, there's many, many things that are happening on the AI front on the African continent. People really are building amazing things, but we need to make sure that they're here because um, in some ways having uh, elites here, they also need to uh, broaden their perspectives, right? If if we just keep on creating echo chambers, then it's everybody just being on their sides and then uh, making assumptions about the other. So on one, this is allowing us to bring in not just like there's colleagues, um, international colleagues I'm getting to meet here for the first time because we've only met, uh, either interacted online, but then being able to sit, ha like, you know, have a coffee, I enjoy coffee a lot. And then have these these conversations that really should open up opportunities. Um, we we need this, I think, in, in some ways, because uh, given the global villageness of things, for economic growth in South Africa um, on the continent, it's going to require multiple thrusts. And one of them is this kind of foreign investments that are coming in and people also being able to recognize that there are things that really should be done on the African continent and nowhere else. Fantastic. Professor Fukuosu Marivate is an Associate Professor of Computer Science at the University of Pretoria. Really appreciate your time on Hot Business this evening. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hot 1027 Business with Nzinga.